yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, I think I think it's great if you could introduce yourself. Um, JT. But actually, your real name is Jing Ting, right? Yeah, Jing Ting. Yeah, Jing Ting. Jing Ting. Just a Cantonese. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, you're Cantonese. I didn't yeah, know. Like- I'm Cantonese too. Oh, nice. Do you speak Cantonese? Ah, uh, lehoma. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. Same for me. Yeah, I probably like understand it when they speak. Like. Yeah. Most of it. Yeah, but I don't yeah. because I've just never spoken it. I like I've never been taught mm. to speak it, so I just never had that skill. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's just something you yeah. gather when you just hear it enough. Yeah, yeah. I understand also when people speak it, but then like after a while, I just like, yeah, I'm just gonna reply to you. Yeah, in English. yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, JT, thank you so much for coming and joining me in my podcast episode. Maybe you could share with everyone a bit more about yourself and what you do. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm JT. I'm a freelance photographer. Uh, I specialize in portraits and natural light photography. So I think what's interesting is I just started doing this full-time uh, since January of 2021. So previously, I was working like a full-time job in social media marketing for about two-plus years. Uh, yeah, so I pretty recently made the jump into freelancing full-time so that's just probably the most exciting thing I've ever done <laughs> <laughs> don't say that I'm sure there's a lot I, don't think. I think what's most not exciting you, is not, not that you join freelance or okay. not to now yeah uh-huh. but I think the most exciting thing isn't that you join freelance but it's like the fact that you are following what you want to do yeah yeah so maybe you share everyone how it all started yeah how I came into photography yeah. Mm, okay. I I feel a bit strange saying that sometimes because I don't exactly feel like <laughs> photography is like this great calling that I had. Because I... Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like freelancing was more yeah. of my calling in a sense. Like I always wanted to do my own thing and have control over my time and, life, and choose the lifestyle I want. So I feel photography, at least for now, is is my ticket to doing something freelance, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. no, it makes sense. That's pretty yeah, cool. But yeah. Of course, I, I do enjoy photography a lot, but I don't, I don't see myself doing it like, you know, hardcore, like for the rest of my time, you know. Um, yeah, but anyway, how I got into photography was, um, I, my so my cousin actually had, actually wanted to do a graduation shoot with her friends. So that was when she was graduating university. So probably about 2015, I think. Yeah, so I I volunteered to do it for her because I was like, I don't mind. And I had a DSLR at the time. I just bought my first DSLR at the time. So I was like, yeah, why don't I just do it for you? And she she, she was okay with the idea. and I told her I don't mind, you know, not being paid because I had zero experience. So I was just, we were just doing it, you know, just for the fun of it. Um, so we went ahead and did it. It was her and her group of, I think about six or seven friends, quite a lot of people. Um, so we did like a whole shoot outdoors around the, the NUS business school and then like at Botanic Gardens, everything. And I think the photos turned out 
pretty okay if I say so myself. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and they were they liked it also. So I think from there I was like, oh, I think this could be something I could do on the side. It could be quite mm-hmm. interesting, but I didn't really go into it. Um because I started I think shortly after I started my first job as well, because we graduated the same year. So yeah. yeah, then once I got into my first job, photography was wasn't something that came into mine anymore. Um it was until the same cousin, <laughs> she was getting married. She wanted to uh-huh. do a pre-wedding shoot and then she actually approached uh-huh. me to do the casual one because um, she really had a package to do like the one with the whole gown mm. and everything in Taiwan. Yeah, so they have like five gowns, right, to try. <laughs> yeah, so she had like a full formal package already. So she wanted to do something more casual and like laid back. So she thought mm. it, would be, it would be a good, um, you know, opportunity to ask me to do it for her which I was very shocked about because before then uh-huh. like between her graduation shoot to a pre-wedding shoot I don't think I did any form of like shoots anymore it was really just while I'm traveling like just, you know those casual stuff that everybody does casual yeah yeah so yeah. I was very shocked as well I was like oh my god me like you want me to shoot like your couple photos I don't even know whether I can do it um, <laughs> yeah, yeah but eventually we went ahead with it it was some sort of like family affair uh yeah, there was like just five of us. We were just having fun at Coney Island, taking some photos. Um, Aww, so cute. Yeah, so it was just a very fun like day out for everyone. Um, and then from there, I I surprised myself with the photos as well. I was like, oh, this actually isn't too bad. Like, it actually looks really nice. And I was like, okay, um, maybe maybe now I would like actually try to do this on the side. Uh, and then of course my cousin yeah. gave me a boost as well she promoted me on um, her Facebook group you know like they always have Facebook group for like brides to be of like a certain oh year. so she put you there yeah yeah so she recommended because people are always talking about the vendors anyway so uh. yeah it wasn't like very awkward or anything so she just like mentioned me and she shared a few pictures you know done at Coney Island and things like that so I did get a few inquiries from there and mm-hmm. eventually I think I got Two, two other couple bookings from her recommendation on Facebook and nice. they both wanted to go to Coney Island and do the same thing <laughs> so actually oh, it was nice. yeah so actually it was really easy to fulfill as well because it was just doing the same you thing really that I had already done yeah so I was already familiar yeah, yeah so that was uh, really cool yeah so from there I guess uh, I was like okay so maybe this can be like a thing I just do on the side but I still wasn't actively pursuing it at all yeah so it was until maybe like the next year then I started my Instagram for for my photography photography yeah so I think it was a good way to just separate it because before that I'll just put it on my private account which then you know not everybody cares and it's probably not the best (laughs) way to market anyway so when I started like that dedicated account for my photography that's when things um, took off a bit more as well because um, tourists would okay. find me when they search for Singapore photographers when they came to Singapore. So I shot with a lot of different tourists. Um, yeah, so that was like my main bread and butter. I would like go out at 7am or 7.30 in the morning to shoot with tourists wow. at like Gardens by the Bay or like the Malayan <laughs> Park. Uh, yeah, oh so my god, the Malayan Park. Places that I always go to like early in the morning. Yeah. yeah, because like the more you post pictures at these places, the more like people who find you want to go there. 
So it was just yeah. like a cycle in a way, which was, I mean, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, so that was what I was doing while I was working full-time as well. Uh, yeah, but I think I still didn't feel that it was viable as a full-time thing until last year when I started mm-hmm. putting a lot more effort into uh, into my photography. Uh, uh-huh. Because I started shooting for fun. like I started exploring different yeah. concepts that I like. So I think that in yeah. a way helped me attract um, other potential clients who maybe like the same vibe I had or mm-hmm. yeah, they like certain concepts that I've attempted with, you know, through my collaboration shoots. So I think that helped to boost my following also to boost uh, my exposure and visibility. So I think that helped mm-hmm. to grow it a lot more. It almost like pretty much grew exponentially last year. Um, wow, Which okay. was very, very exciting. Yeah, so... Yeah, I think even like end of last year, I think I have a stat somewhere. Wait, let me find it. Yeah, but <laughs> okay. Because I'm like tracking my stats. <laughs> no, it's good. I think when you track your stats, you know what yeah, post works just, and what does not, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So of course now it's not it's not growing the same rate anymore, which is totally understandable. But I. But what do you think are like the key factors on social media that you felt that helped you a lot? Was it the hashtags or was it like consistent posting? Or yes. which one was it? Um, I think both. I'm not sure how both. much hashtags okay. help because at the start I would like, I would manually type the hashtags for every single post. But right now I just kind of yeah. copy and paste. So <laughs> I, I I wouldn't know if the hashtags really help. But there are certain posts where people find me mainly through the hashtags, but it's like a hit or miss kind of thing. I don't really have a full like hashtag strategy, but I just do use them a lot. Um, okay. Consistency is definitely a big thing because I post every day. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's okay. quite a chore, I would say. It's not an easy <laughs> thing to do when you post every day because you firstly need, just yeah. need to have a photo every day. And yeah. yeah, but I think I started out posting every day because I just shot so many pictures with all my different like models Clients. and like influencers yeah. that um I was always so excited to share them and I couldn't bear to mm-hmm. wait like every few days to post one so I would just post oh them every God, day yeah. yeah and ultimately then nice. when I saw the progress I was like oh okay I guess I should keep this up so I just started posting nice. every day and then up till now I haven't really stopped yeah oh but I found my I stat. need to post every day <laughs> I found my stat okay so 15 April 2020 I had like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 324 followers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think right now I'm like close to 3,000. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, that's like 9. freaking like 10 times, right? Yeah, it was crazy. So I think from... I think it only started really growing into the, thou- into the thousands like end of last year. Yeah, but I think that was when I was shooting more with influencers and then it helped to really get exposure. Yeah, and yeah, I guess my account was just getting a bit more prominent. And also I started posting on TikTok, which also helped to gain like a lot of traction on that end. Yeah, but TikTok is also like a hit or miss type of platform. Like you just can never predict how well a piece of content is going to do. Yeah, so yeah. And and I just want to ask you as well, like, um, you know, you've grown from like 200 followers to 3,000 followers, right, within the whole year. What do you think, um, would, or, or maybe more like, 
after like this growth, was it one of the factors that made you feel like, okay, it's time for me to leave um, my full-time job and become freelance? Or what, what, what mm. kind of factors help you shift from full-time to freelance? Yeah. Uh, I think followers are were an indicator, but I don't think it really influenced my decision per se because um, like having more people follow my work is one thing, but they're usually other photographers. So that actually doesn't yeah. really impact my business. Uh, I think I was <laughs> basing it more of more on uh, the number of clients I was getting per month. So just tracking mm-hmm. like your monthly performance and seeing um, how many people are even approaching you, how many people are actually booking you. And yeah to reach some sort of momentum. So I would say maybe beginning of last year, probably like nothing much was going on. It was like pretty Mm -hmm. stagnant and slow. It wasn't Mm -hmm. until maybe second half of last year where like things started picking up more. And then I had more consistent bookings month on month. Nice. Yeah. And then so when you look at it, you feel like, okay, there's a general trend here. I guess this is like an average, you know, amount of money I can make from photography and then so if I felt the I felt like I reached some sort of peak with photography with my photography as a side gig so the only way I could bring it um, further was if I had more time to dedicate to it and I couldn't do that unless I leave my job yeah Mm. and and what stopped you from leaving your job even though you had all these factors you know Mm, I think stability was definitely a big thing because I mm-hmm. because I, I feel if I was maybe 21 or 22 you know in my early 20s or I just graduated from uni I maybe wouldn't have thought about all this so much Yeah, because there just wasn't that many things I was planning for yeah but uh-huh. this year I, I just I just bought a house and then like you know, you think about making more long-term plans that require money, like a lot of money. Yeah. So you, you, yeah. you can't make such rash decisions. You can't just be like, yeah. you just quit because you want to do something. Like, yeah. I have to quit because I want to and because um, there actually is like a viable, like, it is a viable um, choice as well. Like, it has potential to do well. That's why I quit. Yeah, I, just, I can't just quit because... I like it, in a sense. Nice. I like how you you were very logical about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that definitely frustrated me as well because sometimes you just want to be like, just screw it and just do it, right? But (laughs) yeah, you have to think about all these realistic things. (laughs) Do you think all these things came up to you? um, Because I remember you mentioned how, uh, I mean, off the podcast you mentioned how you were working full-time four to five years and then when you wanted to quit they gave you a one-month sabbatical and so do you think like during all this self-reflection it all happened during your one-month sabbatical or yeah um I think it gave me more time to think about what I really wanted to do because I think when um so what happened was I was very burnt out and quite uh just quite unhappy with the job on on the job in general not I wouldn't say with the job but just on the job um (laughs) okay yeah so it's just a lot different a lot of different factors that caused me to be very unhappy while working um 
and then I definitely thought of leaving but it wasn't I, I wasn't even thinking about leaving to do photography at that time I was just thinking of leaving this position and maybe just go look for a different job I just wanted to leave the current place basically um, mm. yeah so that was my priority like I just wanted to change the environment and I felt like maybe that would help me feel better um, okay. yeah uh, so what I did was I went to my immediate team and I told them my intentions to leave or my plans. So I was like, okay, I, because we, I, I was feeling that way, but I don't, I, I never really expressed it. And I mean, nobody would ever know because I'm still working like I should. And I'm still very, yeah, you know, you're still being a like, you know, good performer at work. So no one will really know like when you want to quit. Right. Um, and then we always make those plans like, oh, next quarter we're going to do this. Like next year we're going to do this. I think we will be doing so and so or whatever. And I just felt very, um, I just felt a bit bad because I feel I can't really partake <laughs> in such discussions because I, I'm not yeah. in it. I'm, I'm yeah. like, my heart's not in it anymore. And like, they don't really know that. So uh-huh. yeah. So when I eventually told them that I wanted to leave, um, I had a chat with like uh, my our overall manager, like department head. Uh, and then she was just asking me, uh, you know, what's up? Like what made me come to such a decision? Uh, so we're just talking about it. So it was a bunch of things, you know, of course, like burnout was one of them. So she mm-hmm. recommended for me to just take some time off, uh, just do a month's sabbatical. I, I, you basically just clear or leave this in one shot. Lah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, she just told me to use that time to think about it and just to have some distance. And I thought that was a very, really good decision because at the time, I think I was just so burned out and so exhausted from all that, all my emotions that I just wanted to disconnect mm. like in a very immediate way. And of course, like quitting, yeah, there's still a notice period to go through. Like it's just not that yeah. yeah. And mine was two months. Yeah. Oh so, my god, okay. <laughs> yeah, so it just wasn't going to happen that quickly. So I thought the sabbatical was just a great choice for me to just pretty immediately get a break from everything and just have time to myself to think about things. Yeah. So what do you do during your sabbatical? Yeah. Um, so the very first thing I did, I actually went to Batam. I like ah. had, has had like a few days at the resort at Montego. Oh um, my god, one thing. Yeah, so this okay. was actually, but actually this was planned like even before my sabbatical. It just coincided uh-huh. with the time period, but it was a really nice getaway, and it was like right before like co- like the COVID situation really hit badly. So it was like my very last like getaway before everything just shut down. Um, so it was just a very nice time to just so that few days I didn't think about anything because I felt. Because I know how my mind my mind works. So even like previously when you're on holiday, say you have a two weeks holiday, when you're doing a two weeks holiday, by the second week, right, you're already thinking, Oh my god, in five days it's gonna end, in four days it's gonna end, in three days it's gonna end. Like that's just how yeah. my mind works. And it's just yeah. so exhausting because you feel you can't really enjoy the present moment because you keep thinking about how long you still have, <laughs> which is very like just a very bad way to spend your time in general. Yeah. Yeah, but during that few days um, in Batam, I just let myself just switch off. And I didn't want to worry about what am I going to do in my sabbatical. I didn't want to worry about what I'm going to do when I get back from sabbatical. I just really switched off. 
So it's only when I get I got back from that short holiday that I started thinking about how I wanted to spend my time. And of course, I didn't want to waste it away. I didn't want to just, you know, be depressed in bed all day and I just let that one month, like, fly by. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to make sure that when I got back, I really had... Um, the energy? Uh, yeah, an yeah. energy to, like, bounce back and also had a clear idea of what I wanted to do with my future, <laughs> in a sense. Nice. Yeah, or at least my near future. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I did... I just did a lot of reading. I definitely watched a lot of dramas as well. <laughs> I I started making a list of like things I, I enjoy and things I wanted to do. So one mm. of them was definitely taking photos. Um, mm. So that's when I thought, uh, okay, so I'll start approaching people to shoot with me, you know, because I can't just sit around and wait for people to book me. <laughs> yeah, that would be yeah. a waste of time as well. So yeah. I decided to... Uh, reach out to people to shoot with me and I, I was so nervous to just do that like DM people it was so nerve-wracking I actually did, <laughs> I actually took like a whole week just to like prep to do that okay at least I gave myself a week before I would do it yeah so I just gave myself a week to like gather some references for like ideas I wanted to pitch to people and like made a list of people I wanted to shoot with and then just within one day I sent out all the messages then I still made sure wow. that I crafted the messages really well, you know? Nice. And things like that. Yeah, so eventually I got, like, a few replies, which, like, Rochelle was one of them, Gladys was one of them. So they're they are both, like... Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, people are sh- I just randomly DM'd on Instagram, and we are, like, great friends today. So that's quite cool. Nice. Yeah, so, yeah. um... Yeah, we just went out to shoot, and we realised, like, we just got along really well. Uh, so we just did it even more like when even when I was back at work we would plan almost every weekend I would meet them almost one, like once a week <laughs> just wow, taking okay. photos yeah exploring like different locations shooting different concepts it was really really cool and just really fun way to spend your weekend yes it is um, I love that yeah, yeah so I was just putting a lot of energy into that and that's when I I like realized my passion for photography Again, mm-hmm. yeah, I know me. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I guess then that just led to a lot other opportunities and eventually led me to feel kind of safe trying mm-hmm. to pursue it full time. Yeah. Nice. So you mentioned about how it, it got deeper in like getting like passionate about photography, right? Mm-hmm. So after the one month sabbatical, did you quit immediately? No, so my sabbatical was actually in March of 2020. So the yeah. end, almost the entire of March, yeah, 2020. Uh, I was just off work. After that, mm-hmm. I got back in April. So we were already in like circuit breaker. So I did wasn't even in the office. We were just working remotely for almost the remainder of the year. I didn't tender my, resina- my resignation until November. Oh, yeah, okay. and then I had a two-month... Uh, notice period so I officially left in January of this year nice yeah so I mean I, I still took some time to think about it a bit more because definitely at the at that point in March I was not at a point where I could just quit and um, do photography full time and in fact that wasn't even an option to me at that point yet nice. uh, yeah because I think my photography was still so like 
not it wasn't really developed or it wasn't really going anywhere in a mm-hmm. sense. Um, okay. Yeah, so and plus, you know, COVID just hit and we were in circuit breaker, which is a very unstable time to even just quit to look for a, for a new job and so many people were being let go. So I think it was like a blessing in disguise that I didn't tender my <laughs> resignation earlier. Yeah, so yeah, so it was just I, I was very lucky to just have a job to tide me over the whole of last year. Um nice, yeah, before nice. I eventually made the jump. Nice. And you mentioned about um not an option in March twenty twenty. Even though you, you went dive you dive deep, you know, your your passion photography was like, you know, getting into your heart, you felt like excited and stuff. Mm-hmm. So maybe you could share like what like before November twenty twenty, what what was going through your, what were you going through, you know, before you make the decision? Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So at that point, I was just working, working the usual like weekdays, and then every weekend I'll be out shooting, and then yeah. um, I think at the beginning, like maybe when I just got back from my sabbatical, I thought like this could be the new norm for me. Like, mm. this could be something I can see myself doing uh, in the long run, you know, I, I can, uh-huh. yeah, I can still have my energy at work and, you know, put my heart in. That was really something I could do uh, on a long term, working on weekdays and then like on the weekends, I'll mm-hmm. shoot. And then even if I get any bookings, I would schedule them on the weekends and then that could be a very, very good side gig for me. Um, yeah, yeah. But then as time went on, I think, that feeling I had before my sabbatical didn't really go away either. So I still felt like, uh, I still felt like leaving my job was the better decision. And it wasn't about leaving to pursue photography full time. It was like, I just wanted to leave the current place and maybe look for a new environment. Yeah. And it was a bunch of push and pull factors. It wasn't like only one thing to blame. Yeah, so it was just mm-hmm. pretty complicated. And it got to the point where I was just so depressed about being at work. Like, I would even oh, no. crying okay. on Sunday nights because I'm like, oh my god, Monday, like, I have to go back to work. And it was just very terrible. And yeah, yeah, I was just in a very bad place. But I don't think anybody at work really knew because I was, I don't know, okay, because I was never diagnosed or anything, but I feel it was very, like, high-functioning, um... Depression. Like depression yeah. or something like or something similar. Yeah. Because I yeah. would I I would be at work and I was a very I I was performing really well at work. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like managers would praise me and whatever and I just felt so out of it. Cause I I just didn't feel like that meant anything to me. Oh no. Yeah, and it just felt so meaningless. And then after after work when I got home, you just feel so empty. And then you are like, okay, so this is just going to continue the next day and the next day and then the weekends will come and then we just start all over again. And then I just didn't feel very connected to whatever I was doing at work. Not that I had to be, but I think, uh, yeah, there was just a bunch of factors where I just felt being at work really drained my energy and didn't give me overall fulfillment. I just wasn't happy, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, and yeah. Then, yeah. So, um, and, and I think at that point, I didn't feel like I had much choice in the matter. It just, yeah, at some point I felt like, I don't think people are ever that happy about working anyway. 
So, you know, <laughs> okay. because, yeah. Yeah, because I don't really think people go to work and be like, oh my god, I'm so happy to be here. Like, yeah, like, yeah, so I was just thinking, okay, maybe I'm just being, I mean, definitely this isn't normal, but at the same time, I'm not sure how much the situation would change, like even if I left for another job, you know. So it was just those conflicting feelings, which I, then I which then I felt, um, maybe I don't need to quit. Like maybe there are other things I can do to like help myself, but maybe leaving is just not it. So that's why I also like delayed, um, you know, my process of leaving my job a bit longer. And I also felt like, okay, so if I leave this place, like what, what would I do next? Because I also felt so mm-hmm. jaded with the, with the job scope and everything because you felt so burnt out and everything. Yeah, yeah. So I felt, okay, so I was doing social media marketing at the time and I felt yeah. if I look for another job within social marketing as well, is it going to be that different? Or is it going to be the same thing but somewhere else? Yeah, so I just yeah. felt so jaded and so like, I just felt like the future felt so bleak. Like even when I looked for a new job, oh, no. I wasn't sure how much better was going to get anyway. So I just yeah. felt so sad. <laughs> yeah, but I do oh, think it was okay. the the state of mind that I was in. So that's how I was mm-hmm. feeling on, like, feeling these sort of ways. Um, mm. And what helped you, like, get out of this, like, loop? You know, this vicious cycle of this mindset. What helped you, like, step out of it? Yeah. Um, okay, so I, I mentioned that I did a lot of reading during my sabbatical. So one of the books I read was actually this book called The Courage to Be Disliked. Is mm-hmm. is written by these two Japanese philosophers. I would like to think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know exactly, but uh, actually, it was an audio book that I was listening to. So, oh, okay. and the way this book was structured was very interesting because uh, it was written as a conversation between um, this Japanese philosopher and like a young man who like went to this. I would call it a temple. I'm not sure what it was exactly. Um, okay. you know, he went there for help or like for advice or something. So he just, he sat down with this, uh, philosopher to just talk through like all these different things. And the philosopher would tell him all these different learnings or teachings, um, that he learned, you know? So I felt that the young man would represent anyone who's reading the book because the young man would ask a lot of questions that you would have naturally when you are hearing what the philosopher is saying so one of the things the the philosopher said was um, a lot of times when we when we we feel like we are held back by the past we are held back by our uh, yeah yeah, like mistakes or regrets from the past or like you feel like you're stuck and everything the reality is actually we we want to be that way and of course then the young man's um, question would be like why Why in the world would I want to feel that way like do you think if I had a choice I would want to feel this way and I think that's natural mm-hmm. like you would think that way also because I don't think you we would ever admit that we want to put ourselves in a position of pain and like sadness <laughs> but I do think subconsciously we we do put ourselves in those positions yeah yeah, yeah because what what the book then said was um is somewhat like a self-defense mechanism because if we just continue believing that this place where we feel stuck is the place that 
we are meant to be. Like, there's just nothing we can do about it. Then I guess there's no reason to step out of this comfort zone. Because ironically, even though it's called a comfort zone, you're not really comfortable in it, but <laughs> yeah. you're like comfortable with the discomfort in a sense. Mm. Yeah, it's like how, I don't know, like if you're, when I was in a nine to five, you know, you always complain about how, oh, Monday's gonna come, on the weekend so far yeah. away, we don't get enough yeah. leave days, we are paid so little, like it's just a normal complaints, but people just spend their whole lives complaining about these things, but nothing ever changes. Yeah. And it's mm. not that they're doing anything to change the, them either. But mm. it's just one of those things like that you're comfortable with just being in this situation. So you just wow. keep complaining about the same things. And then I'm probably not relaying whatever that was said in a book in the best way, but that was what I remember realizing from it. That I realized that, mm-hmm. oh, okay, so subconsciously, I realized that I did want yeah. to keep myself in that position. I, I I, think deep down, you sort of enjoy just being so sad every day and being like needy Ouch. for attention and like be, yeah. oh my, my life is just so sad, you know, but what can mm-hmm. I do about it? There's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. yeah. It was like, it's like main character energy, but like in like a very sad soap opera. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you realize like, oh, you're just, that's, you know, your life is so sad and there's nothing you can do about it. And that's all you obsess yeah, your thoughts with every day. Yeah. Oh my. So you felt like you could relate to the kid, the boy. I could, yeah, I could relate to what the book was saying. So it really spoke to me at a time where I really needed to hear mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that was very significant. So after that, I realized... Um, like, yes, everything is within my control, right? Because, um, and another thing the book said was that your mind just, there's nothing that's really real because everybody's perceiving things differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like the same thing could happen to like 10 people, even three people, and their accounts of whatever that happened would be completely different. Yeah, and that was so interesting and because our perceptions are so influenced by our experiences, our environment. And mm, the stories you paint yeah, and exactly. what this means to and us. I realized yeah. that it's very true because when if you are set out to like have a bad day, I swear like everything that happens to you would just be bad. <laughs> Like even <laughs> even if like you were say you were walking to the train station and you miss the train by like one like a few seconds, you're gonna think yeah. it was out to get you, you know. Mm. Or like <laughs> if you stepped out of the MRT station and started raining, you you would think yeah. the rain was out to get you that day. Yeah, and, yeah. It's because like you're letting all this negativity yeah, exactly. become like it's, it's all about me. Yeah, right? it's almost yeah. like you were looking for it. Because you wanted yeah. it to be a bad day. So you're just collecting yeah. all these things that validate your perception. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And the reverse holds true definitely. Because if you're set out mm. you if you set out having a good day, like say yeah. you're on holiday, you wanted to make the most of that day. Yeah. I swear even if it rains, I'm sure you'll be out there it's like making the yeah. most of it. Yeah. You'll still <laughs> take off like all your like different attractions and whatever. Yeah. So mm. I, I do think the reverse holds true. So after I realized that I it felt really freeing to re- to have that realization, cause then you realize mm. there's so much that you can do like within your mm. own 
um, what's that? Within your own control. Yeah, there's so much yeah. you can do to like change things for yourself. And it was a very powerful feeling to have. It's almost like you just discovered yes. you have some sort of superpower. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's something that everyone has in them. But I do think everyone takes different life experiences and different like different mm-hmm. kind of experiences and incidents for them to realize that mm-hmm. they have. Yeah. Wow, I really like yeah. how this book really changed you as well. Were there other yeah. like events that changed you as well to help you take out from this negativity mindset to who you are today? Different contents. Um, were there other oh. events? Oh, other events? <laughs> yeah, that kind of helped you or, or other factors that help you pull you out of this negative uh, mindset mm-hmm. that you had. Yeah. Um, I think... There was something else that the book, um, that the book said, which uh, there are three ways that we perceive like something that happens. So, say I don't know if that's a good example, but okay. But basically, the three ways were like the first perception will be that bad person, which is like you're just blaming someone else for whatever that happened. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So say if like you missed the bus, then maybe it's like the bus driver was, you know, was not a very nice person. Maybe he you feel like he saw you running, but he decided to drive away. <laughs> so you blame like the bus driver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then the second perception will be like, oh poor me. So you just wallow in self-pity, basically. Oh ouch. Yeah. Okay. And you're like, oh, you know, my life's so sad. I didn't get on the bus, that kind of thing. And you just kinda like you just marinate in that sadness. Oh, <laughs> like you just pity yourself, basically. Yeah. And then the third way of like perceiving it would be, okay, so what should we do from now on? Which is then a more forward-looking approach. Mm. Yeah. Because I think the first one would be like very externalized. Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. second one is like fully internalized. And then the third one is yeah. just more a forward. Yeah. More forward-looking yeah. and just looking ahead mm. instead of like thinking about the past nice. yeah so I thought that was it was a very structured way for me to realize how I've been reacting to things yeah yeah because things don't happen to you you know like even if it rains the it's not personal <laughs> yeah but of course like everyone has very yeah. different reactions to rain yeah. yeah I think in the past like when I was planning for photo shoots right and then it will rain yeah. you just feel so bummed out yeah, because it's not sunny yeah, anymore. Yeah, especially when I only had weekends to shoot on and it would rain on the weekends. I felt so bummed out. Oh, no. Yeah. And of course, I'm, it's not like you're blaming the rain or whatever, but you just spend all that yeah. time feeling bummed out about it. But like, there's mm. no purpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah true, Because true. right now, I've gotten to a place where I'm so good at being spontaneous now. It's just like, mm-hmm. the client would ask me maybe like days ahead and they'll say, oh, the forecast says it's going to rain. What should we do? And I'm like, I don't know. The forecast not, isn't always accurate, but I'm not going to check it until the night before. <laughs> There's just no point in me worrying about the rain like three days ahead of the shoot day when like yeah. nobody knows if it's actually going to rain anyway. Yeah. 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 But I'll tell them, you know, I mean, if it rains really heavily, we would have to postpone. Or if you are okay with it, we could change the location. So there's always these options, mm. but I don't know. I just don't don't ever want to worry myself about something like the weather ahead of time anymore <laughs> because I can't control the weather. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just one of those things that changed like how I, yeah, how I just do regular daily things. It feels like you kind of realize how to separate what you can and can't control. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. And it made so much of a difference. Yeah, just in every day. This is really good. Yeah. And how do you feel like, you know, now, you know, you, you're able to separate this? How, how is it like being a freelancer now? You know, mm-hmm. how does it help you as a freelancer? to be able to separate both. You can control and you cannot control yeah. kind of factors. Yeah. I think, I think it's helped me, you know, like I said, be better spontaneity. Yeah. 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 It helps you think, be more flexible. Yeah, right? I think being yeah. a freelancer, you just really need that. Because mm. last time, or even when I was in school, I, when I when you get assignments, right, I'm the kind of person who would do finish them like maybe two days or one day before because I just can't handle the stress of like working um, right to the last minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always schedule, like even if it's not like the best work, I'm like I'm I'm just really looking forward to being done with it. <laughs> yeah, but there are also people who work to like the very last second just to make sure mm-hmm. they milk every bit of time they had for the assignment wow. but I was the opposite I just couldn't deal with like tight timelines or like I don't want to work under pressure so I'll make sure oh. to organize my time to make sure like I just do it ahead of time but then oh. now as a freelancer I feel I can no longer while I have all the freedom to schedule my time to do whatever I want um, things also come by really spontaneously so like say if I plan to have my day just clearing a lot of administrative things, but then on this day, like maybe three new people are like asking me for like potential bookings and they need a lot of information from me or maybe a, suddenly like there's a, there's a brand who wants me to do a pitch for them. Then I'll suddenly have all these new tasks that I have to slot in. <laughs> yeah. And then I will just have to, yeah, I'll just have to be very spontaneous and be able to jump on these tasks without having much prior planning. Oh, yeah. wow. And like, with this, my, this really yeah, yeah, with my example of the rain as well, it's just one yeah. of those things that like, I just don't want to make myself worry over that sort of things anymore. Yeah, and even when it comes to getting feedback from clients, it's also the same thing. Yeah, like, I've, I've spoken to other photographers about getting feedback and they just feel like they feel so scared to ask for or even negative feedback because mm. I do have a question where I'm like, you know, is there anything that you feel I can improve on? Which obviously is a very scary question to ask because you're <laughs> almost like, do I want to know the answer? Yeah, because if you ask for a review, I mean, people only say nice things, right? Yeah. yeah, but when you ask them, if, is there anything to improve on? You don't have to look at it very objectively. And I think mm. when I'm a, I'm now a freelancer, my I feel it's very hard to separate like my self worth and the success of my yeah, business. Yeah, yeah because they're understand. they're so yeah. closely linked. Because I am my yeah. I am my brand basically. Yeah, yeah so and then your your baby, that's your baby. Exactly. You build so it's very up. hard to yeah. separate the two, you know, because it's not yeah. like I'm working behind this brand name you know that I that I yeah. came up with I'm yeah I'm basically operating with me <laughs> on the <laughs> forefront yeah so it's very very different so um 
yeah, I guess that just learning how to separate things I can control and things I can't really helped me. Where do you think you are right now in this freelancing journey? Are you in the stage where you're trying to... I, I feel like you passed a stage where you don't really care what other people think about you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. I was wondering like, where, which stage do you think you are at in as a freelancer, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think once... The moment I decided to take this full-time and to really yeah. put my effort into it, I was no longer held back by what other people could think. Yeah. Mm. Like, it definitely still bothers me from time to time, but yeah, I wouldn't let such things hold me back anymore. Because mm. especially in the creative field, it's so subjective. Yep. Yeah. You know, like people Agreed. could just really hate your style or people could love it. Yeah. And that's completely fine because it's like, it's cre- it's it's like art. There's no one mm. way to do it. Yeah. yeah. People can look at art and view it from a different perspective. Yeah, right? exactly. So there are so many different yeah. ways to view it. So I can't, I also can't set out to please everyone being a photographer. Yeah. So I think I'm, yeah, definitely still vulnerable in a way, but not not greatly affected by other people's opinions anymore. Um, I think right now I'm at a stage where I'm trying to establish myself more. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I've established myself, but I think mm-hmm. it's about taking it to the next level. Like, what more can I do uh, with it? Yeah. Because, uh, okay. um, like I mentioned earlier, I, I felt that photography was like my ticket to... It's freelancing, freelancing yeah. yeah lifestyle yeah but I don't I don't see myself doing it forever because I feel as a woman as well when you think about like yep. family planning and things like that I just don't think it's okay, realistic yeah. yeah and even if I do find time you know when you are when you have yeah. kids or whatever to do photography on the side I cannot dedicate the same amount of hours as I can now so if I only depend on photography to make money it's just, there's no, I can't scale it further. Yeah. It's because it's a service-based kind yeah, of... Yeah, and it's always uh, in exchange, yeah. in direct exchange for, for my time. Yeah. yeah. So if I, if like I fall sick suddenly or like I have some sort of emergency, you know, like family emergency or anything, I can't work. That means my income goes down, which like it just doesn't make sense for the long term. Yeah. Like it's not sustainable. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, So what do you hope to do in the long yeah, term? Yeah, so I mean, right now... I've been spending a lot more time thinking about um, like long-term sustainability for my business and thinking about passive income, like things that I can do that could generate income on the side, which then are my presets that I'm working on. Yes, I'm very excited for presets. Yeah, my Lightroom (laughs) editing presets that I'm working on. So I'm planning to release them soon. (laughs) No worries, take your time, but I'm very excited. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So... That's one of the things that I'm starting with. Of course, there are a lot more things that I can sell, but I think I will slowly scale them up as I go along. But the presets will definitely be the first thing that comes up. Uh, yeah, and I do follow a lot of other photographers who are also educators and proper business owners on their own. So I draw a lot of inspiration from them. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So they they do. I mean, some some of them do Patreon, 
you know, where they do monthly, oh, yes, Patreon, yeah, like yeah. weekly educational videos for other photographers who are looking to start out, which I think is a great initiative. Yeah, and then there are others mm-hmm. who, you know, make most of their money selling like business templates. Yeah, like maybe they're like model release forms that they have developed with a lawyer and then they're selling on the website or they're selling like location guides or like different templates with like templates you send out to your clients, things like that. So there are just a lot of different things that you can monetize or like... Mm, monetize, yeah. Yeah, or like in the business sense, just, yeah, basically scale up. It's not just about photography. Because I do think once I started freelancing full-time, I'm no longer just a photographer anymore. Like I cannot see myself just as a creative, just as a photographer I'm basically yeah. running my own business. So mm. I can't just think about everything on a creative sense. Yeah. So mm. the same way I can't only take up jobs that I'm interested in. Yeah. yeah. I can't, I, I also can't be depending on photography alone to make money. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. No, no, I think it's very good yeah. that you have a very like growth mindset and very like f- forward thinking mm-hmm, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think you were like this before? Like how, or did you have this kind of mindset before? Um, definitely not. <laughs> I think it's something that uh, comes with confidence. And I think mm-hmm. I've like slowly developed my confidence in, the, the, the confidence in myself and in my business gradually over the span of like from last year to like this year. Mm. yeah and I do think obviously you're also more confident as you like you know gain all these like, Keep small, practicing, right? like successes yeah. here and there and that kind of gives yeah. you a boost here and there so that definitely yeah. helps yeah but yeah it's also a lot about perspective la. just seeing seeing the progress you've made yeah mm. and what do you think you would have told yourself a year ago if you had a chance Mm. like you now yeah. like 2021 JT what would you have told to maybe 2020 or 2019 JT mm. I would say I will say really just go for it like whatever it may be like just think of whatever small ways uh, yeah any small little actions or small little changes you can make to get closer to your final goal like just go ahead and do it because sometimes it might not even be something very significant because I don't think me like DMing influencers to shoot with me was was like the most <laughs> significant thing ever like, I do yeah. think on hindsight it was just a very small action yeah it was a very small action and to me it was such a it was pretty innocent as well. It wasn't like strategic or anything. I just thought it was, it's, it's pretty much something that everybody, everybody in the photography like industry does. Like they would DM um, influencers to shoot, you know, for exposure and like, you know, influencers yeah. tend to look good anyway. So it's just a very good way to like <laughs> just get out there to shoot more and to get exposure at the same time. Yeah, especially for beginners yeah. who like want to build up their portfolio. Which definitely, yeah, it definitely yeah. worked out that way for me. Yeah. Mm. So, 
yeah, with hindsight, it definitely was, wasn't very significant, but it was just a very small little change I made for myself that just opened up Do so many you. other opportunities. Yeah, yeah. And I was you know, I love it. Yeah. bothered by all the negative self-talk or to just start being mm-hmm. aware of negative self-talk. Because things uh-huh. about, you know, feeling like you're too old or like feeling like you're too late, like those things just... <laughs> I feel they will always be at the back of your mind. But at the same yeah. time, you will never... You, if you can't turn back time, there's just no purpose lamenting about these things because they will never change. Yeah, yeah. and if, if anything, I felt... Another factor for me when I was thinking about doing this, doing photography full-time was... Yeah. I felt if I don't do it at this point in time, yeah. there just won't be a better time. Because I'll only get older, I'll only get more like deep into whatever future planning I'm doing. So there's just no way where I can make this kind of jump and like have have maybe like few months to a year of like unstable, like unpredictable income, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel this really was the best time to do it. Like, yeah. I mean, I can't turn back time and do it earlier. So <laughs> the only thing I can do is not to delay it further. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think that's a very good mindset that yeah. like helps, you know, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Well maybe another question would be like well what did nobody like okay, how would I put it? Um was there anything you wish someone had advised you when you were going freelance full time? Mm-hmm. Like were there any mentors for you that you could seek advice from, you know? Mm. No, I don't think I surrounded myself with anybody who was doing similar. Yeah, I don't think I knew anybody who who wanted or was doing anything similar to what I was doing. Um, and if anything, right now, like other photographers that I've like connected with, they're also doing it part time. Mm. Yeah, so. Yeah, I so you're leading the pack. Yeah, I haven't really <laughs> spoken to anyone who's been doing it for a long time, that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, I also think I in Singapore, it's not very common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be a photographer full-time. Yeah, or to be a like, creative full-time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just not that common, yes. I suppose, which I feel it's also expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any advice for anyone who's starting out or do you feel like um, you want to share about the reality of being a freelancer that, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I was just writing that on a recent, like on one of my Instagram posts like recently because my every Instagram mm-hmm. post of mine is like, it's usually accompanied by a really long caption of like something deep, I don't know. No, but I love yeah. it because it's like I get to know you. Yeah, more. maybe sometimes it just sounds like I'm high. I'm not sure. <laughs> You're not <But> high. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, okay. So the thing I wrote recently was, uh, you know, these are a few things that you should know before you turn your hobby into a full time job. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the number one thing is that you won't be able to enjoy it a hundred percent. Yeah, I, yeah, and I think I don't think people talk about it as much. You know that saying of like how if you find 
like if you find a job you love then you will never have to work a day in your life again yeah. or something I don't think that's true at all <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't think that's realistic like realistically who wants to be working <laughs> every day anyway yeah. like I'm quite do you feel like you have this love-hate relationship now with photography um I guess I wouldn't say love I don't know it's just kind of like work is still work yeah eventually yeah. yeah so if you yeah. turn your hobby into a full-time job the same feelings that you have for whatever job you're doing right now you will develop mm. for your hobby once you turn it into a full-time job and that's very very normal and i i almost think that mm. should be expected yeah because mm. once you're doing it for money and you're depending on it you know for yeah you're doing it for a living you just can't yeah, you just can't have that kind of unrealistic expectations anymore. Like, you just have to realize that you can't be pursuing all the projects that you are excited about. Like, sometimes you have to do what the client wants. Sometimes you have to pursue mm. some projects that maybe you have done, like, endless number of times. But, it, you know, it's boring you. But, you know, it pays the bills. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with it, technically. You're just not excited yeah. by it. But it's fine. You don't have to be excited 100% yeah. of the time. Yeah, when you're working anyway. Yeah, there are always going to be some things you don't like and then there are going to be things that, you know, excite you. And I think that's just how it is. There's going to be a balance mm. somewhere. And of course, you know, once it starts boring you more than it excites you, that, that's going to be a problem. And maybe that's when you take a hard look at like what you're doing and what you're doing wrong. Yeah. Yeah, so like maybe that's the hundred, like the, the top thing. And also the next thing would be that once you turn into a full-time job, you are no longer just, um, like say if I'm a photographer, I turn into a full-time job, I'm no longer just a photographer, I'm a business owner. And I think people mm. have to treat themselves as a business owner. Yeah. Like an entrepreneur, right? Yeah, you're basically running your own business. So it's there's just so many more things to be mindful of and to think about. Because as much as I would like to believe, you know, if I'm a good photographer, like, business will just come I, yeah. it's also not sustainable in, in that way you know like like what we just talked about like how you have yeah, to marketing the your time yeah yeah and there's yeah. so many more business things to do and I very recently like registered my business and like applied for my oh, nice. like corporate bank account and everything it's just so much of that boring admin things that I really don't like <laughs> but at the same time as a business owner you do have to just get through these things I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, at least until maybe you're established enough to pay someone money to do it. But for the time being, <laughs> at the start at least, you will always have to yep. go through it yourself. And there's just yeah. no escaping, yeah. <laughs> nah, I think it's true. I'm so glad you're sharing with everyone about the reality of being a freelancer. Yeah, and I, and I do think, because I recently asked on my stories as well I was asking people what do they prefer do they want to be their own boss or do they want to be an employee and majority of the people said they wanted to be their own boss but mm-hmm. what I wanted to tackle was do people know what that means <laughs> to be your own <laughs> I feel most people see the freedom yeah. and they see the uh, money yeah they, but it's not like you make exponentially more money once you do it full time you know like obviously when mm. because I've had clients say to me, um, you know, for an hour's shoot it's like for me my rates is like two hundred eighty for an hour's portrait shoot, right? 
I have clients yeah, to yeah. me like, oh, that's that's not bad. Like we come out for an hour and you like it's like two hundred eighty dollars. Then I'm like, well, there's still like editing time and travel time and travel costs yes. and like, yes. I mean the the rate is great if you're assuming I work the same hours as when I was working a full time like job. Hour. Yeah, like if I yeah. was working eight hours a day, like I was doing a full time job, yeah. I'll be loaded. <laughs> but at the same time, <laughs> I I can't. Yeah. yeah, it's just. Yeah, no, I don't think freelance freelancers really, or at least service based, they don't work the same number of hours as a full time job. At least for hours spent on providing the service, not like mm. yeah, not even talking about like pre and post, like you know prep and everything. Yeah, so True. I do think that's a misconception. Also, like of course you get to now decide how much you want to be paid and whatever, but that's assuming you get the business and you get yeah, the bookings yeah. yeah and that's just a lot of things that you also need to keep working for like yeah constantly mm. yeah. no I, I think it's very good that you're trying to bring up a point on what you also face mm-hmm. in a sense yeah. and and how like you know even though you're paying this rate it seems very good in hindsight, but actually in reality, there's back end work that nobody sees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think if if starting your own business, like the like your main motivation for starting your own business or going into freelancing full time is money, it's just not gonna last you very long. Mm. Because I do think. Like working your, but why do you think I, so? I do yeah. think working your butt off in like an, a corporate environment also makes you a, a lot of good money. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. yeah, I mean, some sometimes I do think back to when I was working a full time job, and I do miss that the stability of like a monthly income. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. that was definitely very comfortable, and you can do whatever mm. you want with your free time outside of work, and that doesn't yeah. affect your monthly income. <laughs> so do you feel like now becoming a freelancer, your time is so precious? Yeah, it is. But I've also realized that as much as, it, as it's important for me to put time into my business and to work hard, you know, for what, for my goals and everything, I also have to put in the same level of importance into scheduling my break time or like off days. Mm. Yeah, yes. because I realized if I don't, I'll just always be in like a semi work state. Oh no. Yeah, because okay. even if you are like watching Netflix or like watching YouTube or something, you feel like you want to do something on the side. You want to work, yeah. continue working. And it's right? always yeah. something, you know, you, you feel like it's just something casual, something light on the side. But at the same time, you're mm-hmm. not really dedicating enough energy to both. And so it just kind of, it's just not a good way to spend your time. Like you're not exactly relaxing <laughs> and you're not exactly working. Yeah. And it becomes such a gray area where like you don't know how to relax. <laughs> like, you forget. So is this something that you're learning how to yeah, relax? Yeah, for sure. Like when mm. when I when I first started freelancing, like in January, I think I was so yeah. like pumped and I was like putting all my time into doing, you know, whatever it was. And then up till now I feel now I'm craving days where I can just do nothing. <laughs> or like just like waste away a bit like maybe just watch dramas for a whole day or like just you know just just not be doing work yeah and I think that's a very normal feeling to have 
Yeah. Because you're working. Because yeah. we need the time to turn off. Yeah, right? you always need a distraction from work, I feel. And I think I had to adapt because photography used to be my distraction from work. Um, now it's your yeah, work. Yeah, now it's my work. So last time, say, I spent 80% of my time in my full-time job and 20% into photography. Right now, yeah. right now, the ideal should be 80% in photography and 20% into whatever other things I want to do, right? Yeah, yeah. But I felt when I first transitioned into being a freelancer, it was more like 100% yeah. into photography. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, okay. Which I... Yeah, but I also think it's very normal yeah. to like land in that state. You just For need to know. Yeah, right? you just need to yeah. know what the problems are because it's also not sustainable at all. Yeah. yeah. So, so what do you think is like your sustainable? How do I put it? Like, what what is considered sustainable for you right now? Mm-hmm. I think it's to be able to reach a. Uh, certain lifestyle where I can still establish like working hours or at least working days mm, within my okay. overall schedule. Yeah. I mean, the good thing is my work days don't have to be weekdays per se. You know, my work, yeah. I could take a break on like a random Wednesday and then have <laughs> Saturday as my work day. Like that's totally possible. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, mm. I also feel a conflict because when the rest of your family and friends are in the typical schedule. Weekend. Yeah, it's holiday. very hard for you to then yeah. schedule a work day on a weekend. Because then how do you then spend time with people who you want to spend time with? True, <laughs> yeah, true. so I do have to adapt here and there like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think what makes it sustainable is just making sure I split my time well. And to make sure mm-hmm. that I get enough rest so that I can do this in the long run. Yeah. Because if not, you can't avoid burnout. Yeah. Yes, true. Yeah. Like even as a freelancer doing what you love as photography, you definitely will have burnout, right? Yeah, for sure. Like I've and I've experienced like overbooking myself. Because I think mm-hmm. when I'm booking shoots, sometimes you look at a calendar, you just feel very ambitious. Because yeah. it also doesn't yeah. hit you immediately. Like when I, I've ever planned like three shoots in a day. Oh my God. It was oh no. absolutely torture. I'll never do that to myself again. But <laughs> at the at the point when I was scheduling it, I was like, oh my God, you know, it's the hustle, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm working so hard, getting that money, you know? And you feel so pumped. But when you're actually yeah. doing it, you're like, oh my God, it's not worth it at all. Yeah. I think the max will be like two shoots a day. And in fact, those three shoots were like back to back. So they were horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think it's good that you are finding your balance yeah. in, in this freelance. And I love the fact that you don't see yourself as only a creative but as like an entrepreneur or business owner. Because yeah. then you'll be able to have that foresight, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I think if I only see myself as a photographer that already stunned my progress. Mm. Like I wouldn't be able to think further. Yeah, and all I would think about is how do I improve my photography, which which mm-hmm. is definitely an area that I'll put energy into, but it can't be the only. Um, like, it can't be like 100%, right? Yeah. It has to like have a balance. Yeah, like maybe yeah. 20 here, 20 here, 20 here. Yeah, like I still have to think about how to maybe streamline my work process, like how to, you know, improve my efficiency, 
you know, maybe in editing, like how can I edit faster so I spend less time on it? Or mm. like scheduling my photo shoots. Maybe I could schedule um, two shoots back to back so I save on transport costs, that kind of thing. Like I have to think about these kind yeah. of things. I can't just think about how to make my photos nicer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I love it. I love how you have so many factors to consider even as a freelancer. Yeah, yeah. It's not just like, oh, this is what I love to do. And then that's it. That's not like happy ending, right? Yeah, it's literally yeah. so many back backend work as well. Yeah. Of course, it's very idealistic to think that way. Like you just work, in like some, yeah, you just work <laughs> doing something you like and get sleep you know, happily ever after. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not that simple. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. My brother's blowing his nose. <laughs> That's why you can hear yeah, that. Yeah, I can hear it. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. But yeah, I, I kind of, I really, I'm pretty excited for your journey because you've actually come from such a long way. Even as a, like, as a, like hearing you or listening to you, I can tell how much you've changed even through your photography, how much it has given you uh, confidence in yourself and, and changed you as a person as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've really come and a long I, way and it's just, it's quite surreal to think about it when I like look back. <laughs> do, do you, are you proud of yourself? For sure, for sure. Oh, yeah, God, I love definitely, it. yeah. I mean, I can't remember what I was writing about I don't know. I, I felt like I was in a slum for a while, like over the past maybe two months, one month. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I felt like, I felt like the peak, Um, I, I reached some sort of peak when I decided to, you know, start pursuing it full, pursuing this full time. And then I was like at the peak of my transformation, you know, like I yeah, decided yeah. to like, you know, shit or whatever that was holding me back and I was going to go into this full time. And then I had so many... Yeah. And then I think that's kind of when I started writing, you know, my long captions and then people really resonated with them. So I felt like, yes. oh, you know, I have to keep it up somehow also. So there's that pressure also. Because <laughs> if, when you're doing well on social media, you almost don't want to stop because you want to keep that momentum going. And there's yeah, also a different true. pressure on that on that end. But yeah, so I, I was writing all those things and I was really feeling it, you know. I, was, I wasn't like, you know, just writing it for the sake of it. And I think I, I did reach a point sometime this year where I felt like I had nothing to say. Like, nothing really... There was nothing really exciting happening. Like, I was just, I was just working. <laughs> uh, so yeah. there wasn't anything groundbreaking that's happening. There's nothing really insightful for me to share on you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but recently I decided to like just rehash something that I've spoken about before, which I wrote a mm-hmm. caption about how I decided to stop holding myself back or like how I realized mm-hmm. that the only thing holding myself back was actually myself. Um, Whoa. Yeah, and okay. then by the end of it, I wrote like how, uh, you know, I'm really proud of the progress I made and I'm very proud of, you know, the uh, like 2020 JT or something for actually taking the plunge and like making that uh, I don't know for like learning to treat herself better or something and that was like such a such a cool realization to have or even like writing it nice. down felt, made yeah. it feel very real yeah, wow. like I'm acknowledging it officially you know <laughs> no I love it I love how like you realize that you've come a long way from 2020 to 2021 yeah 
And is there any like development plans that you have for yourself or what you hope to like improve more about yourself? Um, I think I still have a lot of work in terms of like self-discipline. <laughs> mm, yeah, okay. because I think yeah, there's still an ideal like uh, there's still like a lot of expectations I have for myself that I'm not meeting. Like say, even something as simple as like my sleep cycle. Like my sleep cycle is terrible recently because I'm not going out of the house. Because like, mm. for example, this week yeah. I had one shoot so far and like I have nothing else planned. So I've been spending a lot of time mm. at home, like at my desk, like doing a bunch of like admin stuff and like prepping for my preset launch and things like that. So there yeah. are things that are not really, uh, like I don't really have to do them in the, in the daytime. So my working hours start to become really all over the place. Oh, I yeah. See, I see. And I do want to get more structured. Like, mm. yeah. But I mean, it's not like a, I wouldn't call it like an urgent problem. Yeah. It's something like, it's that not you really hope to achieve in the long run. Yeah, it's not really affecting me per se, but it's something mm. I would like to change. Mm. Yeah. And then, um, on the more practical side, I guess I want to be better at managing all the administrative things. Yeah. yeah. Because now I'm just starting to get into, you know, I, like, I registered my business and I set up my yeah, bank account. Yeah. And then, you know, when I start selling presets, I'm going to have to know how to handle all that. And you have and, taxes, Yeah, right? I, I will have to file my taxes next year. I mean, I'm not yeah. having that problem yet, but I'll have that problem so it's all these things that I want to get a better hold of because it's always those are always things that I really don't like yeah. to do yeah like, have you gotten like experience in accounting before no but my mom is an accountant so oh. I guess oh, okay. I'll get a lot of advice from her yeah and get a yeah, lot of yeah. assistance from her For yeah sure. and I even even my my um my boyfriend he did business in school so I do think mm-hmm. even taking a business course in uni really helped give him a lot more context. Uh, like, yeah, mm-hmm. into planning mm-hmm. your business. And actually when mm-hmm. I do things like pricing my like services, my packages, or yeah, like marketing, research, marketing right? certain yeah. things, like he helps me out a lot because he gives me the mm-hmm. business perspective because mm-hmm. I have a very layman understanding of all these things, right? Like yeah. And I think that's very common as well. Like anyone who's coming to freelancing because your keys, your core skill was on the creative side. It wasn't yeah, in yeah. business. So yeah. I feel probably what sets me, ap- sets me apart is that I think about everything in a more business sense. Mm. Yeah. Which I definitely think will help in the long run. Yeah. For sure, for sure. No, I love it. Oh my god, JT, you're an amazing guest. <laughs> I you. love everything you've shared. <laughs> Thank you so much. And you're really mature. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess it's also because I'm older than like other photographers out there. I don't know. I think I've never actually said how old I am. Like I'm 27 this year. Oh, well, I'm like the same, like one year younger oh, than you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm only starting like my <laughs> career now. Yeah, I mean, technically <laughs> I, I am also starting my career now, so. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. so not too different, yeah. But I do think <laughs> a lot, oh, yeah, yeah, a lot of other photographers are maybe 
younger yeah some of them are like still in NS or like doing it part-time in uni and I think sometimes people Mm. DM me thinking like I'm the same as them meaning like not in an insulting way but I think it's just their their outlook oh okay okay. it's like you can tell they're young they're younger Uh, yeah but because I'm older and like my priorities are different so I'll yeah, choose yeah. to spend my time very differently. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's oh, just I love it. I think it's so important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So important. Thank you so much, JT, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I really enjoyed yeah. today. I really enjoyed like speaking to you also. Yeah. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've like followed your Instagram, always looking, I'm always reading your long captions as well. And I've I've, I've heard like a few like a few episodes here and there of the podcast as well, and I really love all the topics you are you are tackling. Oh it's really interesting, yeah. And I love that they are with fellow like people around our age. You know, I just feel like they're really yeah. relatable problems. And yeah. yeah, I was really excited to be on. Yay! Oh my god, thank you. You touched my heart. You make me gonna cry. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the fact that you said you didn't know whether I would be interested, I was like, oh my god, you just had to ask. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah you know, like how you have this like simple action where you DM yes, people. Yes. I think it's really true. Yes. Like, sometimes it just changes. Yeah. Right? I'm yeah. sure it goes for you with like all of your other guests as well. Like, yeah, when you reach out like, to them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's like a simple act yeah. and it kind of helps yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh my god, thank you, JT, for thank recording you. this. Yay. I love this wholesome chat. <laughs> Me too. I feel like I'm getting to know you a lot more and and like my respect for you, I already respected you, but it's like, it's like, like, exclating because <laughs> I didn't know how much like thought process you put into your entire like, um, photography and not only just photography like as well as um how you want to structure your business yeah so i think that's very interesting thank yeah. you so much that means a lot yeah <laughs> hey.